0: You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Hey, everybody, this is Teddy Biasi, the Million Dollar Man. And if you want to get your money's worth, stay right here because you're listening to Knockouts at Three Counts. And remember, everybody's got a price. The Million Dollar Man. Yeah. <laughs> This is Don West here, and I'm telling you, Knockouts and Three Counts is the podcast, baby! Make sure that's the one you check out, because, buddy, like me, they're the real deal, baby! This is Jake the Snake Roberts. Just let me know, you need to listen to Knockouts and Three Counts, or you'll see that damn snake again.
1: This is the Ring of Honor World Television Champion, a.k.a. Shane T,
0: boy, the baddest champion you've ever seen, boy. And you're listening to Knockouts and Three Count Count. What up, everybody? This is Kyle, and you are back watching, listening, however the fuck you're consuming this. You're back watching Knockouts and Three Counts, and hey, we thank you for that. Hey, if you've been paying attention on any of our social media, which you should be, at ko 3 Pod on Twitter and Instagram, or if you're watching this live on Facebook, you know you can find us here at Knockouts and Three Counts Podcast. You would know that, you know, tonight's episode might get a little bit interesting because we've got a fucking mercenary on with us. We've got the mercenary himself, Mr. Garrison Creed. How the fuck you doing, brother man?
2: I'm doing outstanding tonight. I uh, just had myself a nice workout, did a little bit of intel research, a little bit of recon, and uh, I'm just I'm feeling wonderful at the moment. All right, we'll let
0: everybody know where they can find you on social media and all that good stuff.
2: Uh, real easy. Everything's under the, the term Garrison Creed, G-A-R-R-I-S-A-O-N-C-R-E-E-D, just the way it's spelled. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All right, so like you said before
0: we were going on the air man, we've been uh, we've been following you for a little bit here. Um, first time I kind of got wind of what you were doing is around uh, the indie Wrestling Expo that went down last year as if any of you guys were there, you guys know and have been following us for a minute. you can check out our interview in the top right corner with the Queen of Bad Street, the beautiful Miss Miranda Gordy. Uh, so you've got quite the weekend coming up ahead of you next weekend in Texas. Um, we're going to be there live for Pele Pro Wrestling, and you've also got a few other dates. So first of all, as we start 2021, you're already off to a hot start. Um, how much, if any, has this pandemic and all the loss or lack of bookings, how's that affected a mercenary like yourself?
2: I, uh, really all it did is, uh, it made travel a lot more difficult, uh, planning a little bit more difficult. So I had to uh, look at my dates, make a couple of phone calls, adjust fire as necessary, and uh, looking for other different places to operate. Um, so my normal locations were uh, a good chunk of them are here in Wisconsin, Minnesota, and I was breaking out in Illinois. Well, Minnesota has been shut down uh, since March. They haven't even tried to reopen. Illinois has, but it's been very iffy going back and forth. And Wisconsin has been, but for the, uh, for the more majority, of the wrestling community has been pretty cautious. So there hasn't been a lot of large shows going on. Uh, so I've been having to go outside, um, outside my comfort zone. Oh. I've been having to find some other things, uh, which led me going down to, uh, uh, heading down to Texas and just seeing what the scene was down there. And even so going so far as, uh, doing the, the, the combine for OVW just uh, last October. That was something I wanted to talk about. Uh,
0: another past guest of our show, uh, was there at that combine, Mr. Isaiah Brunner, um, so tell me a little bit about that OBW. I said, yeah, I did. I was right. OBW mm-hmm. combine. Tell me about that. So is it like an NFL combine? How much different is a wrestling combine than what you would see maybe? And what we see with the NFL combines and all that kind of stuff, what all went into
2: it? Did they have, promo well, I've never, I've never actually been in an NFL combine. Uh, you know, I'm not really in particular in that sport, but I imagine it was very similar. Uh, um, they had a performance center environment, Uh, They tested your ability with agility drills, memory drills. Uh, They had a few endurance drills, strength, of course, bench press, squat, pull-ups. It was an all-day affair. Um, And you had some guys that, you know, they didn't realize what they were getting themselves into. And as soon as I walked in the door, I was there uh, ready to conduct business and show you, hey, uh, I'm here for a spot. You're either going to move somebody and bring me in or you're going to create that spot for me um, because I'm here and I'm ready to show up. So your mindset with, you mentioned before, again, another
0: thing I I noticed when we were looking into you uh, ahead of this, this show is your military background. Um, Tell me a little bit about how much that helps you mindset wise in the wrestling world. Because like you said, you went into a combine, you know, you went into a combine setting with the, with the mindset, you're going to either give me a spot or I'm taking somebody's spot. So tell me a little bit about where that comes from and you know how much does that help you in the wrestling game?
2: Well, I, it, it, when you're in the service, and uh, you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat it at all. I was infantry, um, so the training for that you know, for that environment because you are going to be you're the movement to contact. You're the con- cannon fodder. You're the front line. Uh, if bullets are going to fly, you're either going to catch them or sh- or throw them right back. Uh, so you got to be ready for that. You can't have this oh shit, go run and hide with your tail between your legs mentality. You got to be goal oriented, um, mission focused. And, uh, you keep striving for that until that goal is achieved. And, um, it's actually, uh, transitioning from the military field, uh, either uh, commercial or government, uh, into the civilian life. I've actually had issues turning that off. I can't, um, so for a while, I was uh, you know I was going to school, but I was uh, still very highly involved in different athletics and different martial arts, and I just couldn't turn off. I didn't have something uh, a goal at hand. Uh, I was just grow- going crazy and I couldn't sleep and. So, I uh, so once I, di- I discovered professional wrestling and got into it, it was from the day one, Bam, we're off to the races. Uh, so now, and I didn't think I was going to be anywhere near where at the level I'm at now, uh, you know, traveling out of state, traveling out of country, uh, looking at, at traveling more countries once this pandemic goes away, damn it. Um, I hear that, but, uh, I, I thought I was going to be working like once or twice a month, maybe here in a local bar or something like that. Uh, but now that I have more, uh, lofty goals to, uh, to go on, you know, I, I got TV time coming on up. I want to be seen nationally and internationally. I want to be, uh, looked at as a player in the, in the in the large eyes of things um that's just driving me even more so i mean that's my mission that's my uh my goal to attain is that to have that impact to become a guy that per larger promotions are calling to bring on in and not the one that has to send out emails and calls all the time uh practically begging for that job no i want i want them to create it for me to come and fill
0: I can completely relate with that because we're on that same grind trying to grow this here podcast, um, which brings me to a great point. Another one that you mentioned that you're starting to uh, broaden and expand your horizons. Uh, another place that, if I'm not mistaken, that we saw you do your thing at in 2019, what, or no, 2020, excuse me. Why, man, this 2020 has got me all messed up, bro. Good God. I don't know if it's done that to a mercenary-like yourself, but for me, it's got me fucked. But what I was going to say... Is if I'm not mistaken, you made your debut doing your thing with Warrior Wrestling
2: this year as well. Uh, yes, I got on. Uh, I got on the show twice for uh, for them, um, having a debut match uh, with the young Jordan Cross, uh, who became a casualty in my wake, uh, and then going on over in a uh, pre-show Royal Rumble uh, filled with uh, you know, other young talent hungry, wanting wanting to make their impact on things. And well, sorry, that was my day. Hey, I completely respect it. I bring that up because we made
0: our way down to Warrior Wrestling for one of the three nights of their stadium series as past guest of our show, Sam Adonis, who will also be on this Pele Pro Wrestling show coming to you January 14th. If you're in the Texas area, make sure you're there because Knockouts and Three Counts will be there as well. Um, so going into that, we, were there, we went down there, Kevin and I, and we got to actually interview – a fucking machine down there named Brian cage, which you can check out there in the corner. Um, Tell me a little bit about, you know, this is something that Corey, when he gets in here, will have plenty to ask you about. So you mentioned that you're on your way up. You're really starting to get a look for more, um, more higher known indies and things of that nature, whether it be OVW warrior wrestling, all those things. What do you think it was for you? That's kind of making it, giving you that break to kind of bring you up out of that, because that's something Corey likes to ask a lot about because he's an MMA guy. So to see guys like you who are kind of on your rise, the same as some of these guys we got on the regional scene, what do you think it was for you that kind of really started to break that mold for you that now you're starting to get some of these bigger bookings?
2: Um, honestly i think it was just showing up because uh, there was a fair amount of these places that they may have heard of me they may not have heard of me but when i showed up and went hey i have my gear in the van i see you need help setting up the ring uh you need help setting up tables seats whatnot i'm a good hand just showing up to do that has done a large part of it um I mean, I'm, I've upped my, uh, my personal routine, my gym routine, my diet. I've adjusted fire with that, uh, multiple times now to kind of like just enhance my own look to, uh, give what I'm hoping is a different, different wrestling product to these different places. Uh, I'm hoping that that's being taken considered too, uh, as a veteran. Um, and I've known plenty of other veterans that are in the business too. I'm not out there in my um my old army fatigues uh i mean i did wear my own beret for a while but really that thing's not the most comfortable thing to wear so i'm glad i got rid of it um i'm not i'm not your traditional soldier coming out and i'm hoping that that's another part of it that they're looking at too is like hey yeah this guy's a soldier this guy served our country and all that but there's this weird little sliver of darkness in him that's a little different and once you get to know me um I'm not your um, your garden variety, poster boy, head of the uh, Veterans Day parade, waving the red, white, and blue. I just want to serve my country because I wanted to, some of the benefits and the worldly experiences. I really don't consider myself a patriot. So maybe being in a different, um, in a different light as a combat veteran, not so much all like trying to, to shove the red, white, and blue down people's throats, but showing, hey, no, I went and did a job like anybody else goes and applies for – uh at a local factory or anything and that grinding day in and day out i just happened to have done it for five years for the country um so i'm hoping that maybe that's part of the reason why they're taking notice well i mean at the end of the day man there's no there's no substitute
0: for hard work and that's something that we've seen ourselves like uh full disclosure so for us 2019 was really our biggest year um as a show And two of the things that made that the biggest year for us were clear, just purely just shooting a shot in the dark. Um, We interviewed Dave Silva, the guy who does a lot of the graphics for Conrad's podcasts and things like that. And uh, Oh, shit. He's done hanging doors. The long haired motherfuckers.
1: It's Corey. How you doing, brother man? We appreciate Um, having you in. I appreciate being here after a day like that, my friend. Let's just jump back. Jump back to write whatever the hell you were doing, because it's way better than whatever the hell I did all day, I can promise you. <laughs> so I
0: was just kind of comparing the grinds with our guest here. I was telling them, you know, some of our biggest things that we've gotten to do in some of our biggest interviews came from going to things like StarCast, where I, went out, I was the only one from our show that was able to be able to go out there. We went out there completely solo and DDP sitting over here and goes, well, so uh, you guys are a podcast. So, uh, you gonna interview me, bro? And I'm like, <laughs> well, I'm not gonna say no. <laughs> so I totally Hold can relate. Using a microphone is start the best talking. Thing that you can do. Corey, we were just getting into something that you have talked about quite a lot here on the show. You know, you have mentioned that seeing some of the grind that these wrestlers go through on their way up, you know, a lot of the way we're seeing some of these regional fighters that we interview, we got a little bit into some of the things that helped Mr. Creed kind of bust his way through, you know, through some of these ceilings here and starting to get on some of these bigger indies, Uh, you know, obviously he's been be making and bringing the noise in Texas okay Mm -hmm. I gotta admit this is my first time to Texas our co-host Devin has moved down there to Texas so we're gonna be linking up with him you'll get to meet him firsthand when we get down there so I'm really looking forward to this weekend but first order of business for you you talked about you know, some of your military background, we talked some about, you know, some of the things that you were doing in there being infantry. You're going into a triple threat match. You've got not one, but two opponents. How does that change your game plan? What are your thoughts on this match? What are the mercenaries? You
2: got to bring more ammunition because you can only pump one body full of so much lead. Uh I like way, that answer. The way that I'm looking at it is, you know, we got uh we have this Jason kid, we have the local cowboy. Now knowing a couple of folks down in Texas and coming on down there, there there's spart- their particular breed of uh, straightforward uh, hard hitting action types. And I'm going to guess that this kid's about the same way. So I ain't going to take anything back from him, but I'm probably going to hit him a lot harder than he's going to hit me. Um as for AJZ coming right out of Ohio Valley, which is the place that I'm a uh, very, very strongly uh, researching and reconning right now. I almost kind of feel like this is a little bit of a, come up and said, I'm getting a little, I'm getting looked at myself. Um, so if that's, if that's the case, if he's coming on out to not only give me a challenge, but to maybe even check me out a little bit, well, that's going to give me every reason to unload the clip, unload the clip and let him see everything that I got. Uh, so the question is, it's not really that are they, am I going to be able to handle them? It's, are they going to be able to handle me?
0: I like, that's what I like to hear. Sure. See, now this has given me all the more reason to get down to Texas and uh, see you catch a couple of bodies. All right. I want to take it a little bit back first. Okay, so we talked about what you've got coming on next week. We mentioned how, you know, you're, you know you had your military background and how you've turned wrestler. Were you a
2: wrestling fan as a kid? Like, did you always. grow up
0: watching wrestling, or was it something you found later in
2: life? Uh, if Both. Um, always was a fan. Um, I, I've, I've been on record of uh, probably my first memory was the uh, the epic body slam uh, Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant. Um, so I, I watched it through with that. But what really uh, solidified it uh, was the Monday Night Wars. And I was a WCW guy. Uh, but not I mean, yeah, Hogan was there, Savage and Flair. But those, those weren't the ones that captivated me. They may have brought in the, all the other audience. But what kept me there and watching it was the, uh, the Chris Jericho's, the Eddie Guerrero's, the Rey Mysterio's, Psychosis. I mean, these guys that they're not as well known. Dean Malenko, can't forget them. We've interviewed Dean as well. Dean's, hmm. uh, man, I'm, I wish I could meet him. He's, a, he's, a, he's an awesome fella. He's got really dry humor, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, these are the guys that are like, they're captivating me because now, not only are they just – I mean, they're going out there and they're putting their blood, sweat, and tears into every match, but they're going out and they're they are hitting it hard, making that name for themselves because they know who they're competing with at the top of the card, and they want to make sure that people are coming on in to, specifically to see them you know, jerk that curtain or at the mid-card level as well. So that's what kept me going to it. So when I started seeing a couple of these guys gravitate towards the WWE, it was even more exciting because even back then it was almost like draft day when they would jump sides – you know, seeing Jericho go to one side and whatnot. Um, But then when I graduated school um, and went off into the service, I really didn't have access to professional wrestling or anything anymore. Uh, The real world my ass, if you want to say that. Um, So that's what happens. I just, it it dropped off my, my radar completely. I kind of, in my mind, I call that the black hole of professional wrestling. And that was right around 2003. You know what happened right around 2003, 2004? No. Ring happened? of
0: Honor. Okay.
2: I didn't start watching wrestling again until when I started training for it myself in 2016. Okay. I missed the uh, damn near the entirety of the independent wrestling revolution. So what I'm going at, and I'll tell you, my my training experience, about less than 20 minutes from where I live right now, is an, an old hillbilly. I, I can't tell you all the, all the things okay. now.
0: <laughs> I don't want to give away
2: the hiding spot. It's all good. But anyway, <laughs> it's an old hillbilly who's got a hobby farm with a wrestling ring in his barn <laughs> where I trained at. This thing wasn't heated, and I started my training in September. That was one hell of a harsh winter. You want to get warm? You worked. So anyway, I'm going on out there. I'm about 225 pounds. Both sides of Eddie Guerrero, Chris Jericho, Chris Benoit. That's how I have to work. And I'm getting my ass torn into me day in and day out. Work your size, work your size, work your size. Mofo, I am doing <laughs> sold off the top. What the hell are you doing? So then in uh 2017, when I started doing my first matches, you know, and I'm seeing the size of the lo- you know, the size of the guys in the locker rooms. Well, gee, that I wasn't expecting their locker room to be full of 150 pound skinny ass kids.
0: Hey, 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 hey.
2: <laughs> um, so now I had to, I had to completely rethink my uh, my mentality. So I'm like, well, here I am. I got you know a whole loads of martial arts training, MMA experience, live combat in the field training. I'm gonna do what I did then. And just, you know, put them in the hurt locks, throw them around, tear their heads off. So you brought up an interesting point.
0: Okay. So as I mentioned to you, when we were talking about having you come on the show, our show also covers MMA and boxing for any of you guys that follow any of that stuff, we've got interviews with people from UFC, Bellator and the like. So you mentioned MMA background, you mentioned martial arts training. Tell me a little bit more about that. How extensive are we going? Is it something you were doing before you got in the military? And do you still train now?
2: Uh, during military, uh, when I was in in service, uh, they were offering uh, combatives, uh, combatives classes. Uh, I'm, I was compa- uh, certified levels one, two, and three. That's uh, all the way up to hand-to-hand weapons. So we're talking knives. Um, but that, a lot of that's based on a Hoist Gracie style jujitsu. Oh, um head. And you could throw in a little Bruce Lee in there, too, but uh, Bruce Lee never really got to the ground game or anything before he uh, sadly passed away. Uh, I also lived in South Korea for a year. So while I was over there, and it's not really a fighting style, it is more considered an art or a dance, um, I I, I became fairly proficient in Taekwondo, Um, came back stateside. Uh, after my service and all that. Oh, I also was um, just for shits and kicks while we are deployed and to keep ourselves in shape, we boxed. Um, we, got, we, we got somebody who actually kept us with a full supply of boxing gloves and mouthpieces and we'd go and beat the shit out of each other every Monday night. Um, so, you know, I got that under my belt. Uh, high school style, I was, a, I was wrestling in middle school and high school. So that's under my belt as well. Uh, when I came back and was going to college, I was still trying to keep, you know, find other things to keep me involved. So I uh de-learned everything and uh, started my uh started my game learn, learning karate. Uh got into a couple of MMA cages, um lacklustered. Um, but I did uh what's called pancration, which is another Gracie style, uh, MMA style. And I was uh, I fair I was fairly proficient at that, um doing that quite often. Just you know, it's just more of something to do in my spare time. Um and then also, uh, nearby, I found a, uh, a local third degree black belt in hapkido. Uh, so I started, uh, started up training with him, just showing up and being like, Hey, here's some gloves. I got my mouthpiece. Let's go. And, uh, kind of just, uh, you know, just right there training on, on you know, in the fight, uh, learning. And it's, it, it's something I can, I still continue to do. I got a couple of MMA guys here locally that occasionally I'll go and we got, we know some place where they got some mats or some cages out and we'll just just go and throw it on for a little bit just to see if uh you know I'm still sharp.
0: Hey man, if you're still training jujitsu, maybe we'll have to uh, tangle it up when we get to Texas.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey okay, man 150 what? pounds? Oh you ain't gonna hoist Gracie me, that's for sure. Hey, I didn't say I didn't say I needed to
0: hoist Gracie anybody. I ain't scared. But uh, <laughs> I ain't scared, man. I've had my ass whooped from the guys from American top team in Florida clear down here to Michigan. It can't be no worse than the ass whoopings I already got. <laughs> hey, man, you said it yourself. Okay, so you're talking about little guys fighting, dude. My first boxing fight that I took at 13 years old, I fought at 120 and then I fought at 125 after that, and then uh. Like I said, man, I was always the small guy. Everybody was always bigger than me, so I had to, I had to quickly figure out either you're going to learn how to fight or you're going to get your ass whooped. You know? It's I, kind of funny.
2: I've always, uh, it's actually a, kind of a life philosophical thing about me. You really don't know who you are um, if you haven't had the shit kicked out of you.
1: Agreed. I mean, it,
2: it's incredibly humbling. Uh, one of those MMA fights I had, um, I fought at heavyweight. Oh shit! I, I weighed two hundred and eighteen pounds with my with my clothes on when I weighed it. He weighed <laughs> he weighed two sixty four bare ass. Um, oh shit! I still gave him a solid two rounds before the ref had to call it because yeah, I was still sw- I was uh, I was out on my back, but I was still swinging. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were fighting, but you were banged up, man. So, do you watch UFC much now? Uh, I haven't gotten into it. Uh, not since uh, Vitor Belfort and Chuck Liddell were still around. So okay. I've kind of fallen off for a bit. Hell, Vitor's
0: still around and Vitor's been making his foray into wrestling. Did you see that?
2: There
0: is he now. He showed up. Uh, he came out to the ring with uh, Mike Tyson and them on AEW. He came out with him. He came out with Henry Sagudo He came out with uh, who else? Anthony Johnson came out with them. Uh,
2: yeah, I he came I thought, I thought he'd be retired somewhere, sitting out on a beach with a fruity drink in his hand. He'll technically signed
0: a Bellator, isn't he, Corey?
2: No, one
1: championship. Or no, one, one yeah. championship. That's it.
2: Damn. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, the Tour is running wild. That's how I was gonna say he uh, he went overseas so that he could get a. Wild. He could get his hands on those supplements again, and he's looking nice and juicy. He's he's ready to get back in that fucking cage. I mean, he's, he's posting on his hands Instagram. Hands he's hands all kinds of, hands of hands old school Vitor jacked up, and it's. I, I wonder who they're going to match up with him. I I feel bad for whoever it is, unless it's somebody significantly younger
2: or higher skilled. But there isn't much of that left. So. Well, no. I, uh, from what I remember, he was always highly skilled, and he had. Yeah. I, He's he quit gas for days. Yeah. So. So I think that's he's, a perfect
1: I th- question for you being both sides. Go ahead, Corey, finish your thought. Oh, I was just going to say, if I'm not mistaken, I believe he's something like 43 and he's still looking like that. So it, it, it'll, it'll be like 43, bro. It'll be very, it'll be very <laughs> impressive to see what he, what kind of sk- speed and skills he maintains through such a long layoff and getting okay, back on be- the, uh, Getting back on the train. It'll be exciting to see if we get old uh, Vitor or not.
0: Okay, but I'll pose this question to both of you, though. You mentioned that he's fighting in 1FC. Do you think that uh, his skills are just going to be able to overpower the lack of name power that they have over there in 1FC, or do you think he's going to Father Time's going to catch his ass?
1: So, Kyle, you know this as well as I do. Uh, uh, should I say better than I do, even. Every single MMA gym out there has got some killers in it, right? Right. So just because you might not know a bunch of these guys at 1FC, they've earned their way to that spot one way or another. Sure. Um, I'm not saying they're scrubs, but there's levels to this shit. No, abs- absolutely. Absolutely. But that being said, that's why I, I posed the the statement I did with the matchup because it's that's the interesting thing. Who, are, who, who do they put them against? Is what really defines the matchup in my eyes, essentially. Mr. Creed, what are your thoughts?
0: Since you said you were a Vitor fan, what are your thoughts on him still foraying over there in 1FC?
2: Well, really, I don't think age is uh, age is going to be a factor. Uh, I could say yep. that one uh, at myself. Again, not telling you. Um <laughs> But at the same time, I mean, I I would think it would be more uh, based off of what our Vitor's goals. You know, is he uh, vying for any championships or is he fighting for, you know, just the pot, you know, just to make some money? Uh, So if he's fighting for championships, he's got a ranking system that he's going to go and he's got some targets on that deal so he can clear the path to number one. Um, But then again, you know, if he's just there to collect a pot, you know, I'm a name. You're going to put me on the card. I'm going to make so much money put me in with Joe Schmo, whoever the heck, who thinks they can take out, you know, Mr. Famous over here. So I mean, I think it comes down to what his goals are. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a, that's a real fair point.
1: And if I'm not mistaken, I think his plan is a couple one-offs. I think it's like a, a three fight deal or something like that. So it's not supposed to be like, like with you said, a, a grind. There's
2: already established legacy. I mean, what's another championship going to do? Uh, exactly. His name is exactly. bigger than a belt. Well, and even you
1: could very well argue because of name value, like Kyle was saying, with one FC, you could very well argue if he does go in and look very impressive in his first fight and get the win. Who's to say he doesn't go and fight their their champ, Brandon Vera? You know, he's right. fighting for two hundred five and yeah, that's a winnable fight. That's an absolutely winnable
2: fight. Well, winnable fight. I mean, that's also that's the main event. That's that's asses yeah. and seats and ticket sales. Mm-hmm.
0: I kind of see this being something like a similar situation, kind of like to what we're seeing now in the UFC with Michael Chandler. I say that because with Vitor's established name and rightfully so it's the same as I'll use this in a wrestling sense. Okay. So you had all the legends come back yesterday on raw. They ain't going to come there and just do, I mean, Bubba Ray talked about this on busted open the other day. He said, dude, WWE called me, I forgot when he said it was, they called him for them to come back. And his first question was, What the hell am I doing? You know what I, mean? I think it's the same kind of situation with a Vitor. If he's going to put his body through all that to fight, you better have a damn good matchup or a fight that makes sense or at least a fight that interests him. Or I don't yep. even think you're going to see him get in there. And I think that's the same thing that we're seeing with the Michael Chandler situation now, because yeah, you can say he's a new guy to the UFC, but in my opinion, with his prior um, resume in Bellator and things like that, that guy comes in and I would not be shocked in the least if he told Dana, look, I want, I want to do this fight. You know, I want to come over here to the UFC, but I'm not fighting unless you're putting me against quality
1: I'm either yeah. fighting quality talent or I'm staying where I'm at. Because you well, know we're getting paid in Bellator. Well, Chandler... All right, so Chandler came out and did a big thing in the media when he first got signed, stating that. That's why he hadn't actually signed a fight initially, was because of the fact he was only willing to fight somebody in the top five. And he felt as though the UFC had kind of agreed, based upon, like you said, the fact of what he was getting paid compared to everybody else, you know? He... Like you said, came in with the name value, came in with um, shown talent, shown abilities, and the fact that he's got experience doing it. It's just like if anybody goes to get a job at my work, anybody's work, you've got experience and you can show that you've got certificates doing it. Hey, you get a couple extra bucks, you know, that's how it goes. Um, But he came out, he was very active in media saying that he wasn't going to fight somebody unless they were top five. Um, Dan like Dan Hooker, who he's now slated and confirmed to fight, dog fight, is is number six. Um, incredible fight, but I do think that was a big uh, a big thing that kind of held this fight from being made up for so long. Um, is the fact that even though it's only one number slot, it's if that's what, Yep. Yeah.
0: I think with this one, this is one where I think the reason why they were able to make this fight happen is because Chandler, you know, ultimately, like you said, he is outside the top five. But like you said, Hooker has all that buzz from that. Did you see the fight, Garrison, of the fight between him and Poirier from last year?
2: Probably not.
0: Uh yeah, I mean please do me a favor and go look tomorrow. that up when we get off the get off the air. It'll get your mercenary yep. juices going. That's one of the best fights that I've watched. Uh, If you check out our 2020 awards for knockouts and three counts, that was the one that I said was fight of the year. Well, since we're talking about, you know, current things and current fights and all those things, let's switch it back a little bit to the wrestling side. So how much wrestling are you watching with all of us being home in a pandemic? And if so, are there anybody that's going on nowadays that you like to watch to try to either see things from their style or somebody you got your eye on, somebody
2: you like to watch? Well, I mean, I am I got access to the network. So, I mean, I got all a plethora of library to go through. And I always, uh, you know, just because I was a huge fan, I always like going back and watching any Rey Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero match, Halloween Havoc 97. <clears <clears throat> 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 um, uh, and it, I can't do that. I will never even attempt to do half a court. I won't even touch that match with a 10-foot pole, but I'll watch it. Um, But I also like to go back and I like to watch a lot of Chris Benoit what he did uh, anything with Chris Benoit and Kurt Angle. I mean, it was legitimate, uh, hard-hitting. You can feel every chop. Um, Classics, instance. Uh, I like to emulate as much of that as I can. Um, Brock Lesnar, well, I mean, if you could throw a guy, you already know what Brock Lesnar does. Uh, nowadays, like, what am I trying to keep up with now, uh, business wise and what the product is? Cause I look at, I look at all the different varieties of styles of wrestling. It's not just professional wrestling as a big ball thrown together. Professional wrestling provides different products. You got what AEW has put out there. WWE can even be broken down to what SmackDown and Raw and NXT are putting out there. Uh, you got other companies like MLW. I like to pay attention to them because they, they like, like to bring like that, that combat style. And then other, um, uh, other indie feds. Now that, now that I've been around, I know some of the guys that are out there and I try to keep up with, uh, uh, with my friends and how they are up. And uh, you know, like why I, I'm getting a kick now and watching AEW dark and seeing guys that I've been in the ring with on there. And I'm just like, go get it brother. Um, but as for styles, uh, like I said, I like to throw in a little bit of Brock Lesnar. Cause I mean, you, you run into Brock Lesnar at a bar and piss him off. You're going to have a fight. Well, he, sorry when he's in the in WWE ring, it kind of looks like the same thing. Yep. Um, yep. I like watching, uh, and cross. Uh, I mean, that guy's, that guy's another beat. B- guy. Um, who else do we got there now? Uh, Cameron Grimes, you know, kind of like the uh, the chicken, the chicken shit guy that can come on in and take his pop shots. Uh, Dexter Loomis. Dexter Loomis is gold. (laughs) Dexter Loomis is gold and he doesn't even have to crack a smile. Um,
0: again, see, I feel like you and I have a lot of the same, um, style as far as the type of stuff we like to watch. Another thing I caught myself watching the other day, which I'm going to take a wild and guess and say that you're probably a fan of too. I've, I watched Wrestle kingdom the other day, man. I love what I see over there. I love the hard hitting stuff. Um, You brought up Brock Lesnar. Here's a fun little side story. I was there ring the bell. There's no bell for me to ring because we're not in the studio, but I was there when Brock Lesnar won the title from Randy
2: Couture. Nice.
0: You talk about a punch that didn't look like it hit the man. Like I swear to you,
2: it doesn't have to.
0: It, but dude, it just grazed him. If you watched it's, the fight back, even in a slow mo, he hit him, and the punch went like this off the top. It didn't even hit him flush and and, right,
2: if I, and if I if I remember right, Brock Lesnar had cut damn near thirty pounds, something like that. He was he, he was walking. He was a walking three ten. He yep. had to cut down to 275, and here's yep. Randy Couture coming on into that match at 220. Yeah, there was a huge weight disadvantage in that one. I mean, Randy Couture can wrestle his ass off, but what now he's going hell? in there. He's going on in there with a farm tractor. It, it sounds kind of familiar to a story that I was
1: just hearing a little while ago. You know, 220 against a full fledged heavyweight. Uh, but uh, that being said, um, it's it's a when you kind of see it when, um, when you see Nganu fight Francis and because he's similar size, same kind of statue, obviously a little bit different. Styles a big and fucking stuff. Man. What do you mean, but he's got those sledgehammer f- man? And Barack was the same damn way. And mm-hmm. like, like Kyle said, it with those type of punchers, man, you don't have to land clean, you don't have to hit them, you just literally have to hit them. Anywhere, there could be any touch of anywhere,
2: and that's well, all it'll take to knock you know, somebody out. You know they train to know where to hit. So even though if he glances yep. them right on the side of his head, there's enough yep. of a, a soft spot right here. Yeah, yep. behind soft. the ear, hit the equilib- yeah, got, equilibrium. Equilibrium behind the ear. You got you got the uh, you got the temple, and then you mm-hmm. have where the jaw clinks. So you can make those back molars go. The guy is going to go sleep real quick. Yep. Well,
0: it's fucked up. You say that. It's really fucked up you say that because you're bringing back bad memories for me. So, Corey actually was there. Uh, <laughs> Corey was actually there for it. Uh, in my defense, I fought a man that I definitely shouldn't have fought. I was supposed to fight at 125, and the guy that was supposed to fight didn't show up. So, me being a young, tough, macho young kid, I'm like, fuck it. I hit hard. We'll fight him anyway. I fought a guy that was six foot tall, 145 pounds. And
2: Let's That's just 20 say, is a lot.
0: Right. And the sad part of it is, and I can say this with a straight face because Corey was there, sad part of it is, what people don't realize, people think it's these hard punches that do it. 100% transparency. I can say with a straight face, that kid did not hit as hard as me because I only hit him a good – I would say in the first round, I hit him with three straight shots at the end of the first round and knocked him into the corner, and he's like, oh, shit. After that, he never let me get close. He only hit me with one good punch in the four rounds that really put me down because he had me against the ropes the last minute and a half. Caught me right where your jaw connects. I went down. I got right back up. I'm like, oh, fuck. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I was good. Like, wait a minute.
2: Yep. Yep. (laughs) Uh, Going back to those boxing matches I had in Iraq, um, I had one of them, uh, one of my boxing matches was was a guy off off our sniper team. Now, this guy was a trained boxer. I don't know what level it was, but he had legitimate training behind him and he was a beast in the gym. Uh, We were maybe about the same weight, but I'm a short, stocky, dense piece of shit. This guy, he's got the length, he's got the girth, and he could probably walk on into uh, Calvin Klein and be an underwear model. So we're on out there, and he's dancing circles with me, just talking, talking with the fist, just bop, 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 just catching me with all these little ones. I ain't touching them at all. So about round five, I finally get one small little glancing blow on his chin, just a tiny little nick on his ass. He's up on his feet. He didn't land another punch the rest of the 10 rounds, but that's because he was keeping his distance because I couldn't reach him. Yeah. Yeah. Just, that's where seems, it got it me. That was
0: 5'3 back then. <laughs> I'm only 5'7 now, but I was 5'3 back then, dude. Let me tell you, trying to get in close to fight with somebody, that is a motherfucker. Okay, as I mentioned, it's not the only match that you've got going down, going to be at Pele Pro Wrestling on Thursday. Tell us a little bit about what else you've got going on in this weekend because you've set yourself out quite the fucking hit list next weekend.
2: Uh, we're, we're, we're shooting ahead. I mean, I can tell you what I'm doing this weekend, but I can't really tell you what I'm doing this weekend. <laughs> All I can tell you is I'm going to be in Louisville, Kentucky. If you know what's in Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, I
0: do. He's. It looks like he might have a run with OVW. I want to see you and uh, Isaiah Broner lock it up. That's what I want to see.
2: <laughs> so then I got Thursday at <laughs> April, and I got that triple threat match to make that impact on it. And then, like, like I said, I'm coming on in there, you know, trained and ready to go as I always am. So I'm just asking those two gentlemen, make sure you're ready to go. Then Friday not confirms, but I will be at Texoma or Texoma with my gear in the van, ready to go uh if you see posters we got tim storm there we have will all day um i do believe Magnificent malico was on it i'm not looking at the poster in front of me right now but uh, there's a there's a couple of a who's who's gonna be at that show and then apw is also running that saturday um we'll be at that
0: show as well
2: so will i so oh, look there
0: look at there. And so we'll pass guest of the show, Sam Adonis. Make sure you're in the building for that motherfucker. If you are in Texas, Corey, we need to get you traveling with us so that you can be out here at one of these events with us. But knockouts and three counts will be in the building for that one.
2: Two of those two of those shows, you're also gonna see this very large burly fella called Wild Man Husk. Wild Who Beast Husk.
0: Hearing about this guy, dude. I dude, um our buddy Mysterious Movado was just uh, took a picture with him here recently. Uh, I don't know much about the guy.
2: He comes on, he, he's he's probably about a 360, 370 pound man in a loincloth, and he brings what looks like a cow femur to the ring.
0: He said a cow femur.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. He's it's a beat him bone. Up like a flintstone. <laughs> <laughs> He looks like he ate Fred Flintstone and is wearing them draped around his... <laughs>
0: <laughs> My man's got a little bit hungry, bro, on the way to the ring. He had to skin a motherfucker real quick. That's what happened. Uh, <laughs> all right. So we mentioned I'm going to have to check this guy out for myself. Like I said, if you're in the Texas area, make sure you're at... All of these shows that you hear us mentioning, if you're following us on his social media, I will be plugging all of this on all of our social
2: medias. All right. All the posters are up on my page now.
0: Yep. I shared them all off of his social medias. If you're looking in the description, if you're watching this on YouTube, all of his social media will be in the description as well. Okay. So gun to your head. Favorite.
2: We'll ask be the first me. time.
0: I mean... <laughs> That that sounds like a story for a different day. I might I mean Jesus Christ. I mean I've had a gun to
1: my face too. It's not pretty fun. No, it's not a good feeling. no <laughs> oh, no. Really not.
0: Yeah, Corey, you might have remembered a few of those too.
1: <laughs> it's not a good feeling.
0: <laughs> my question being, is uh with you know it we know that you have your MMA and wrestling background all time. Favorite wrestler, favorite MMA
2: fighter. Who is it and why? Oh, geez favorite wrestler? Oh, this could be like change depending on the day. Uh, oh, let's take let's take generations. All
1: right. Brett
2: the Hitman Hart, Chris Benoit, and Karrion and Cross. Uh, those gotta be the three that I got right there for professional. One oh, more time,
0: you said Benoit, Karrion and Cross, and who else?
2: Brett the Hitman Hart. Ian. That's a hell of
0: a triple threat. Put him in a submission match, man. You got my fucking money.
1: I'm sure it's been brought up. I'm sure it's been brought up a multitude of times. But it's real sad the the way that Chris Benoit kind of tainted his legacy. Because even me, as a, as I got older and kind of got out of wrestling a little bit more, and now that I'm back into it as I've gotten older, it. But it just sucks, man. Because I agree, he was somebody still to this day. When I think of the old times that he just his name stands out it, and it's hard to I mean, you still look at his to, stuff and it's crisp. It's hard to detach the, the, the man from the, the <laughs> material, you know, but it's, it's just a rough
2: situation. I'm sure it's been said millions of times, but it, well, it, I mean, it you is, really got to take the name out of there and censor. it. You can always replace it with dynamite kid. Cause I mean, they're a spitting
0: image of each other, dude. Damn near. Damn near. Um, and better held no bones about admitting that Dynamite Kid was a lot of who he patterned his shit off of.
2: And there's an old, uh, there's an old, I think it was a New Japan Pro, or I know it was a Japan match, maybe New Japan Pro, I can't remember, uh, between Dynamite Kid and uh, the British Bulldog, David Boy Smith. Now we're talking about two guys who aren't, they're not tiny guys, but they were doing like a Rey Mysterio, whooving to Guerrero style back and forth. And it was hard hitting and it was just crisp, crisp, crisp. So again, you know, kind of like a Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero, Halloween Havoc 97. It's
0: one of the best uh, matches of all time, dude. Like going
2: back, watch, watch, watch going back and watching Davy boy, Davy boy, and the uh, dynamite kid go. That, that's another thing that I do.
0: All right. Just cause you brought it up. You see this here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That boy's that boy's all in there, signed and everything. You see there?
2: There you go. There you go.
0: Yeah, man. I like I said, Corey. One of these days, I'm gonna get you to watch it because you might remember the match because you know that was right around our time. But I know you ain't the biggest wrestling guy. But if you can't appreciate Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero at Halloween Uh-oh. ninety, Halloween Havoc ninety seven.
1: See, all right. So I have this uh, terrible thing called it. Stoner memory, so I forget half of things that uh, go in. But um so I can't ramble on well, dates and watch it, watch and it while like eating that. a bag of Doritos. You'll be good. Yeah. See. <laughs> All right. So that's a counteract, right? That's that's the, kind of like the the speedball
2: effect to get it right where so I down, need down, it, any, right? any, you, you do that next time that you're gonna snack on Doritos, you'll be like, oh my god, that match. No, <laughs> I'm
1: te- Corey. I'm telling you, <laughs> but. Like, I do, I do remember that. Like I said, I can't, I can't remember dates and events and stuff like that. That's where I give Kyle all the props in the world. He is the most, you know, able to rattle stuff off the top of his head when it comes to that well, stuff. If I but, didn't uh,
0: know what the fuck I was doing, I would just be another motherfucker rambling my gums with a camera.
1: All right, yeah, good point. Hey, don't make fun of me like that, Kyle, okay? I <laughs> I take this very serious, okay? Homie, you put yourself in here. I thought I was shooting the shots.
0: (laughs) Hey, that's kind of what happens when you grow up knowing the motherfucker since you was eleven, man. It kind of happens that way. But enough with all the pleasantries, because we know you're not bringing the pleasantries. Come Texas, so we're getting to the end of our time here. I got it. Before we get out of here, you got to answer the second half of that question: Who's your favorite fighter of all time?
2: Favorite fighter of all time? Um, shit, I can't tell the difference between them. It's got to be one of the Diaz brothers, Nick or Nate. Um, okay. I can't really tell much the difference between them, but they go on out there, and they'll just – high as a kite, by the way – just <laughs> snake around them, other guy and torque the hell out of them.
0: I love the Diaz brothers, dude, because they're so yep. slick. All right, yep. I'll get, since, since we're going, my all-time favorite, just because he's the one that really got me into MMA and – uh, since you've already named him, my all-time favorite has got to be Chuck Liddell just because he's the, guy, he's the guy that got me into it. But I got to say, he's another one. Fuck you, Rashad Evans, even though we've interviewed your godson and I'm a fan of yours. <laughs> when I went for my 16th birthday. We went all the way to Atlanta to watch him and Chuck fight. And I'll never forget, me and my dad are in the row above and there's a guy in front of us that wanted Rashad to win. And that whole first round, if you remember that fight, Chuck was giving him the hands the first round before he got hit. And I'm like, you watch it. Here it comes, that overhand right spot to knock him the fuck out. Sure shit. Boom. I'm like, oh shit. And this guy just turns around and lets me have it. And I'm just like, shit. shit. I
1: have to just take this one. I lost this one. Motherfucker. <laughs> oh, you, you're not, he wasn't the only one rolling with the punches after that, huh? Yeah,
0: I shit, I was rolling with the punches and everything. I was just glad that we didn't bet any money. But if I was a betting man, I would be betting on the mercenary Mr. Creed. If you've got any last words for any of your opponents coming up, whether that be OVW or in Texas or for any of our fans that are new to you. If you got any last words for the people, let them know.
2: Well, I mean, I got to plug some merchandise, right? Really? Uh, you, you, you can find my stuff at uh, Pro Wrestling Tees backslash Garrison Creed. You also, I just opened up on a uh, boot and heel. If you want to get a hoodie, you want to get a throw blanket, you know, uh, a small child that you want to get a mercenary onesie for. There you go. You go to boot and heel. That's on there. Um, just look that up and then I'll have my name on the list. Um, you know, help support the cause, my cause. And uh, to anybody else, OVW, any other promotions I'm coming out for, if you're a new fan, for you guys on there, just listening to podcast world, yeah, I, this soldier's going places. Watch me.
1: I think that sums it up. Corey, you got anything else? Um, Apologize to all the regular uh, watchers for being a little bit late. Work. Uh, when duty that calls at work. kicked off the show, bitch. I know. It is what it is though. I raced home. I'm doing 80 down the highway with a high, with a headlight out hoping I don't get pulled over just so I can make it to the show. But Me, you now that's
0: dedication. See, that's just like us traveling down there to Texas. Uh like Ryan. I said, I'm sure you stay tuned, man. We've got good stuff, Corey. We appreciate your we appreciate your time and making it here, brother man, and not crashing with that fucking headlight cuz hell I do 80 and I'm not in a hurry. But uh Tell me- Next time, and in the in between time, make sure you smash that subscribe button so that you don't miss the vlog from our trip coming to Texas next week. Hell, you might see the mercenary in it. And until now, and in the in between time, thanks for checking out the first episode of 21. Peace.